Hello, Koichi. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so please uh, introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, Rahel, thank you so much for your invitation. Um, I'm Koichi. Um, I'm from Japan originally. I now live in Vancouver, well, uh, Burnaby, to be precise. Um, <laughs> by myself, I'm not sure. I wear multiple hats, and then, you know, to define myself is always a difficult task. So, uh, well, I've been teaching at uh, university settings. Uh, and then um, I've been teaching in education in general. Uh-huh. I teach everywhere uh, here uh, in North America. And also, um, I'm uh, well, from Japan, and I'm also a faculty member at a college. In it. Oh, okay. So, like, uh, uh, you've, you've been through so many places. Like, uh, you, you talked about how you teach in Japan as well, as well as in Canada. So, mm-hmm. how, how did your journey take place? Like, how did you begin? How did you find your passion towards teaching? Uh, well, it's kind of, oh, it's really kind of, you know, I didn't really, I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't really choose to teach at the universities. Um, uh-huh. You know, originally, probably when I graduated high school back in Japan, probably, I was born and raised in Japan. At the time, I didn't really want to go to university, or to be precise, I didn't want to take um, entrance exams. The universities in Japan is highly competitive. So mm-hmm. I said, uh, instead of going to university there, um, I, I had to do something. So I went to the United <laughs> States to study English. And I thought, oh, well, you know, at least not going to school, then I should probably just being able to speak English back then. So I went to the mm-hmm. United States for a couple of years. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, all of a sudden, just I was interested in, like a, you know, education a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, back and forth after that um, in education and also some other areas with language. So English, mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to Japan and then certain English, consider you as a capable being. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. mean, that was cool. And then after that, uh, so I was first interested in um, uh, children's growth. So uh, more okay. of the uh, early child education too. I was um, uh, um, the, uh, school, uh, school-aged children caregiver for about six, seven years. That was my start to begin the you know, as early. So, like, uh, what is the major difference that you like find when you when you teach like kind of mm-hmm. early education to kids, and then you move towards universities now? So, like, what what do you find the contrasting difference between that? Uh, the differences, differences in, is in, in teaching. <laughs> yeah, well, in teaching, um, well. First, I thought uh, I wanted to teach children because adults are more uh, difficult to change and mm-hmm. then to make difference in the world by, you know, whatever it's small it is, by uh, my action. I thought maybe I can do this with the children so that when they grow up, maybe got differences. But at the same time, it was really challenging. Mm-hmm. I challenged myself. I wasn't one day, I wasn't sure if I was good enough to you know, make life. Only the time they grew up, that's like yeah. one time chance for them. So I was mm-hmm. an educator, but at the very early stage, so I wasn't sure. But, but um, during the time, my uh, my colleague, my senior colleague, she mentioned that uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, I grow up as an educator, and they grow up as human beings, and then you know their learning mm-hmm. doesn't really stop at early yeah. childhood. So and then kind of thinking that well, overall education might be a good idea, and then. Um, after several years, I, I started to work at the school boards in Japan, and then um, after that, I came back and no, came, came to Canada. Uh, I worked about a year at the Kara College, where I mean education related, so they had a diploma program, early not early, like the language teaching in childhood. And mm-hmm. then I went back to Japan after a year, and I opened my own language school. Oh. And then there, not only preschool divisions, but I also 
opened up for um, language uh, kind of EFL schools for um, I mean divisions for old ages. So you know uh, because it's probably my early experience of the learning should continue at the end of the life of everyone. So uh, why not providing the places to learn for all day? So I taught you know, pre pre K to adults. So I mean, oh yeah. So then I was kind of interested in like, teaching the culture, and then I started my master's degree while at the time. Then yeah, and also finished it right after. I said, "Oh, well, keep learning," and I got into. So your your life has been like strings of like multiple decisions that that has led led you to te- teach now at at a university right, right. level. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I guess yeah. <laughs> So, like teaching is like considered one of the noble professions. Like I, I personally think so. It is so because like education helps one shape one's future. So, mm-hmm. how do you approach like as like you you do design your own courses and mm-hmm. how do you uh, approach the that planning stage, labels, course material, and then the students? Uh, well, at a university, basically there's a calendar descriptions that we have to follow. So that's mm-hmm. a very brief, like usually two, three sentences um, description set by the university. So I have to follow that. But interpretation is basically um, up to each instructor. I mean, if it's mm-hmm. not a multiple section courses for teacher education as such. But um, in terms of interpreting, normally I actually bring in my own beliefs. I have to say because that's that's all I have to do at the, at the moment. But mm-hmm. um, most importantly, um, I base my design um, of um, the, uh, the teaching uh, on, uh, well, first of all, it's learning-centered. That's what I would say, usually not learner or teacher-centered, but learning. So basically, uh, the triangle of students and me as an educator and the learning. So all of those three ideas are important. So mm-hmm. which means that I bring my own ideas to teach, but if I just bring my own ideas, um, you know, that will be just transmission of knowledge to students, mm-hmm. my own perspectives, which I don't really believe in because everyone's different and that's how we learn and how the society works. You know, multiple voices of people in the world um, shared and negotiated, sometimes confident. So um, in my classrooms, I would like to establish this idea that I see as an educator, I see mm-hmm. students' prior experiences and the prior knowledge as an asset for learning. Mm-hmm. So I actually seek some um, the ways to gain information about who they are. So by like, pre-survey or continuously okay. uh, ask sharing the idea of their own interest and then their experiences at the moment and why they are here, etc. And what they think about the course content. Is um, and then, um, so based on that, I try to build upon, build upon all those experiences. And I mm-hmm. continue to explore what is, you know, Kind of best for each student to pursue their own happiness. You know, they are here to learn something, but they are here because they have something for their life uh-huh. to dream of. So uh, I mean, dream for that's probably for their happiness. That's the ultimate goal for them. Then for me, that should be also the ultimate goal for my teacher. Oh yeah, that's that's very well explained and nicely summarized. Like uh, aligning your goals with with the ones that student has. Yeah, because I, I I I just you know the thing is I mean. Myself too. I mean, I've been doing probably. I'm kind of lucky person. Probably, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I throughout my life, usually I do what I wanted. I tr- at least I tried what everything what I wanted. Like master degree program when I got in. You know, I well actually I did not finish my undergrad study. Maybe I told you that before. No, uh, no. Okay, yeah. so I, I dropped out from my uh, undergrad study. But uh, the thing okay. is, I 
I studied and I did my own work and I got a special admission based on my life learning. And I got into a kind of prestigious university in the UK for a master's mm-hmm. degree. And then since then things just, but I try and I, you know, without any problem, any intimidation. <laughs> and if most of people would think, okay, trying that wouldn't work, but I just try because you know, it might happen. Right? So, I, so, so what was going through your head? Like you, you've tried so many things. Has yeah. it ever occurred to you like, okay, maybe I want to try something else other than teaching or has it uh-huh. been like, okay, I want to go down this road only. So uh, has there been any, any doubts, lingering doubts in your mind? Uh, well, another thing is I, I don't <laughs> know, this is maybe something that I have already mentioned a little bit, but um, being an the university uh, instructor, it was not, or still is not my, uh, you know, a dream goal or okay. something that I strongly, I wish I shouldn't say this too much for those who <laughs> wouldn't be able to get any teaching positions. Um, me, I've been through some, anything that, um, I don't know, that is everything that is given in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I started to teach because I got in the PhD program and therefore PhD students, it's kind of easy to apply for those teaching positions. Okay. TA. So I started with being a TA, teaching assistant. Mm-hmm. And after that, I found this, you know, the jobs for I'm teaching jobs, instructor, I'm a course instructor as a graduate student and PhD candidate. So uh, that's something I started. And then, so that was a student job. Uh, but at the same time, um, I started doing this and meeting people. And back in Japan, some people who knew me uh, being uh, um, an educator or doing some team jobs in research university in Canada. So she actually gave um, some uh, some opportunity on uh, the vice president of the college in Japan. And then mm-hmm. we, we, I was a consultant there to establish a new faculty and a new degree program there. And then, you know, as an external uh, consultant, I worked for a year or so and then established a new program. I was hired as a prof. And so I was there an assistant prof. And then because I have that kind of experiences now, uh, I was, you know, I've been over. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, it's like people, people, people help okay. me and the people's, because of the people's work Good. and that like, I try to contribute to, that would actually give me the places at least to go around. Mm-hmm. And then I have pretty much, I have fun with Yeah. So that, that reminds me of a quote from um, actually, Robert John, he says, like, the most valuable resource that all the teachers have is each other. And without collaboration, our growth is limited to our perspectives. And mm-hmm. I, I see that you you had uh, people help you throughout your career. And they've been a major part of me, like major reason of mm-hmm. you being an instructor now in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, that brings me to like a question related to passion. You, you said like, you still don't know, like, if you want to be an instructor so what, what is it like if i ask you like what is it that you want to do well like, first of all when dream? i when i was younger when i was 20 so 27 or something that i after i was spending about seven six seven years as a child caregiver i was thinking maybe i should stay in education or this child care or mm-hmm. being a chef so oh, chef. Yeah, so I, I, I received um, um, the, uh, those food safe certificate and to be ready for chef. Actually, I, was got, I, I got accepted into a very famous um, culinary school in Japan. And then oh, but wow. at the same time, I was also looking for some jobs, some money. And I got into this job in the school board. And then I chose the school board job instead of going to the culinary school because they gave me the uh, uh, the job offer one day before I got acceptance to the the culinary school. Yeah, so yeah. it was the, the your life would have been so different if if he, if the culinary school sent have sent you the 
Probably if they send me over a little bit, yeah, I would be in the culinary school. But I met my future wife at the, the school board work. So oh. things worked out. So, so yeah. that, that, that's that's a big plus. You got your business, you got your family yeah, I, through, yeah. through, through your profession. Yeah, so for sure. And yeah, I mean, then my wife actually had a plan. Back then, she and my uh -huh. future wife had a plan to come to Canada where I had never thought about. And oh, right. I, I just, well, I mean, I fell in love with her. Then she wasn't coming to Canada. So I said, oh, I'm going to just follow you. <laughs> that was my first time that, being in and coming to Canada. That's a, that's a beautiful story that you, you actually followed your, the work you fell in love with. So uh, oh, some, people can, some people can say maybe it's a beautiful thing, but for me, it's, I didn't have much, um, you know, my, uh, my, this you know decision making power i just followed her because you know i just wanted and then i didn't you know pursue my career but at the end you know because of her i i started my new career in Canada. so i'm not regretting anything actually i'm appreciative for what i did and did at so, that time so yeah so you you must have met like so many students uh, like i am one of your students <laughs> yeah so Mm -hmm. How does it uh, make you feel like teaching students and then seeing them years later at, at working somewhere or doing something? How does that make you feel as, as a teacher? Well, like including yourself. I mean, I'm so happy when I see people doing something with energy. Sometimes, you know, they can't. I mean, no, yeah. time people can do what they want. But uh, at least they're giving uh, so much effort and the energy into it. Then, like, I feel okay. Um, so great to see them, but the thing is, you know, uh, I was just one part of you know, their lives, the, not the a major part normally. So uh, what I usually think is that um, I'm so appreciative of student. I mean, my former students being in touch with me. Mm -hmm. So a couple of students, like you, you know, <laughs> got in touch yes. with me, and then a few yeah. students um, I have, they you know continue several years. Some actually every. Some two months or something, but some two years or something. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really interesting. And then some students actually followed me after her degree program. And now she's here, right? And her career um, here is, so which is so nice to see. Them. So like uh, you talked about like how that student-teacher connection does does help. Like how does, how important it is like to establish that connection with students and that relationship with students when you start a class, a new class? Um. Maybe you can tell if you remember my class. Uh, uh, yes. I, I think building a relationship is something that is the hardest thing to do, but the most yes. important things to do in teaching, I would say. But so, at the same time, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I would say like uh, you were an amazing uh, communicator. I would I would say like yeah in in terms of making students feel comfortable and dealing and understanding uh, the situation of a student. I remember that I missed first two weeks of your class. Uh, oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was maybe, traveling. Yeah, yeah. I was traveling back from India, and uh, you mm. were so supportive of. Okay, well, you must. I was jet lagged on the day mm -hmm. I was supposed mm -hmm. to attend, and, and you were so supportive and understanding in 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 the sense other than these little minute things does make a difference mm -hmm. in students learning yeah. experience overall yeah it's i mean not only students but you know i think in this world I and mean, everyone is fighting with some kind of difficulties oh, that no one definitely. else would understand i mean people can't really know everything about everyone so i'm yes, assuming sure. people have their own you know difficulties challenges all the time so why not it's not really that um we need to impose any strict rules on anything 
the, mm-hmm. again, most important thing is, you know, positive learning experience and safe for sure. So if I being too strict about certain things, then that could impede their learning. And especially in your case, that was the first couple of weeks, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I think like I, I, that's why I reached out back to you because I had an amazing learning experience from you. And I think like you could provide value to so many different individuals who are going through life being lost and trying to figure out where they want to go. So I'm, I'm still figuring. <laughs> yeah, you, you're still figuring. I, I was looking through your profile. You, you, you're still trying to see where, where life life uh, journey takes you next. Mm-hmm. So so what, what would you say? Like, what would be your next, next chapter? Like, if you want... If, uh, that's if, actually, if something... it's a good question right now. I mean, now because I'm kind of looking for new jobs, uh, because mm-hmm. um, I'm end up with my PhD journey. Uh, yeah. University instructors, I mean, I mean, if they are part-time like me, I can, I mean, we could teach with PhD candidacy, which is like a bit before mm-hmm. PhD, but way after uh, studentship in the PhD. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm finishing it. I'm almost on, I'm, I'm technically I'm done. So, um, you know, normally, yeah, I, 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 it was natural for me to look into instructor jobs, I mean, full-time, for sure. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not really limiting myself. I was kind of thinking, not all, okay, at the university level, I really like the um, uh, the job that I have at the student learning commons at the field, uh-huh. university library um, unit to study, I mean, learning support unit that uh, covers all this uh, from any discipline field of study. Basically, the learning and the writing support. I really like mm-hmm. the place because it's a kind of neutral place for all this. They I actually be. worked uh, for SLC. Uh, oh, yeah? I, I was a EAL peer educator for two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I trained them now. Oh, you, oh nice. Yeah. I'm an EAL graduate facilitator. So I, I, I even, I'm kind of, you know, funny that I'm, I'm, I would say established scholar in terms of having that quality membership in Japan, but at the same time, I'm doing the student job, so-called, uh, SFU, um, uh, as a SFU PhD candidate. So, uh, but I like that job a lot. So uh, maybe yeah. those like a non, not no, semi-academic, you know, jobs that extends support. So that may be nice. I'm kind of looking for the jobs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? I'm actually, like, like today, right before I was looking, some kind of, you know, language acquisition support for uh, uh, okay. clinical needs and children. Uh-huh. Yeah, so whatever works to sub- uh, to provide for the family. And then yeah. <laughs> whatever, that could be interesting. So when I see some jobs started on that, uh, uh-huh. I definitely, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if I stick to this profession, if I find. Yeah, so just going through this, question of finding your passion so it, it it's always been like being a student I, I, I've always felt so pressurized to find mm-hmm. uh, to find something that I love I'm still figuring out yes it is difficult I might be kind of this kind of guy that uh, I have you know, very how can I express this I don't know like easy to cheat you know I like <laughs> this and I like that kind of thing but I you know like my research and I, I, I love everything pretty much I'm influenced by so many many ideas that's probably you know based on my philosophy which i try to or naturally have is that you know we have so many different ideas and people multiple yeah. voices so if we shut them off then i can't be um educated thing so then it's kind of natural to me these days that whatever i encounter to um, my senior supervisor a bit different research project i'm got into or anything that my friends do and oh i'm fine and I'm, I'm fine just let me do the part or something like that so um whatever around me i appreciate and then i have fun with them because you know 
learning is kind of i mean should be fun and it's fine reading is not too much fun but (laughs) um it's it's fun to do something new so um whatever i probably get some new ideas whenever i get some new ideas probably i just explore sorry what was the question at this time so (laughs) the question was like related to passion so yeah passion yeah yeah. so my passion my passion is whatever i feel oh it's fun then yeah so try try as many like my my father said this like finding passion is mm-hmm. trying to find your favorite food so you're not going to find your favorite food unless you yeah. try different kind variety of food basically so i'm not really finding my uh, i'm not trying to reach maybe maybe uh, some final goal in anywhere anything or forever i think because like in japan is basically that's something that i i like about this country a little bit better than japan in japan it's no more like to find a good lifelong job it's the kind of the goal the permanent uh-huh. job but here you know it's normal to have a term contract and everything um yeah because i like to do what i like to do at the moment possible then so so the energy at the moment drives your decision basically yes yeah yeah so if i decide to take a year off i if i have enough money i would do it that's oh. a passion for myself oh so it, it even you yourself don't know what your next decision would be it, it could be this spur of the moment decision and you you just go no go i have no it. i have no idea I might no start idea. restart I mean start my my own business again maybe or maybe not you never know Yeah so uh, let, let's talk about your business journey then so uh, how how did it uh, come to fruition and how how did it end uh well that was kind of cuz when I okay so when I finished my one year work at the Kara College private Kara College in C I went back mm-hmm. to Japan and then I started doing some work. I mean, that's a, um, a part-time a tutor, those like a, a study, sub, uh, how do you call that? study support. We call it the cram school, like evening schools for public uh-huh. school students to support their um, learning. Um, it is but, a big, big industry in India. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, tuition, yeah. it's a yeah. big industry. Especially in Asian countries, right? Yeah. But that wasn't really, you know, a big deal. And then, um, because that was something I was doing before I came anyway. And then, mm-hmm. but I thought, eh, maybe I just came back and maybe I should, because my parents, actually, my dad owns his own company and the transportation company, and he does yeah. owning some thing. And then this owning thing is kind of, and the running our own thing, kind of, I mean, look really fun. So uh, I decided to do some business by myself. And then because, you know, I started to live my my future wife and then we got married right after we opened it. Oh, um, nice. We opened school um, and then, uh, yeah, all the support. Um, and then I, I kept my connection to my college in, in Canada where, where I was working. And I, starting, and I started to offer a diploma program, online diploma program for TESOL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is represented by I mean, I mean the, the diploma program of the Canadian Kara uh, College that they was present in Japan and mm-hmm. and doing lots of work I think uh, because I I needed to make money when I started all mm-hmm. school so uh, the language school programs uh, for pre K adults I said and also translation interpretation business I did English and Japanese uh, mm-hmm. because I used to work at a translation company before so, uh, yeah. That's some expertise, and then I also made a connection. I mean, I kept the connection with the people there, so I got the jobs or contracts from them. And then I also worked at the um uh uh, uh the what's that called? International Research Division of uh, the, the National Audit Agency in Japan. Uh-huh. Basically, uh, they study uh, national. I mean, they study the, the the practice of the national level audit practices 
all over the world to you know have some examples to them. You, you've you've gone through so so many different uh, uh, practices. I, my my CV is 20, 20 some pages long. Now. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I don't know what is your like? <laughs> what is your like fondest memory of your career so far? Like first, uh, fondest memory of your career so far doesn't matter educator whatever you've been through your, through your entire life what has been your one or two fondest memories um if you if you hmm. would think across your career it's kind of interesting but i don't really can't say one um like yeah i don't know this is something interesting. i i i i, I if i meet back uh, any student in my past probably i can recall them but at the same okay. time i'm almost equally don't remember them well <laughs> uh, so um like i do my best at the moment when people come in and go then i have the best like, time possible at the moment that we have people so i felt uh-huh. I, I even like you know meet like, opening the school back in japan that was a, a very difficult a challenging but very uh, rewarding experience that the people depended depended on us for the children's education. Sometimes I, I I had a huge fight with the the parent because I believed in something different from them about the child's like positive um, growth and the guidance that so, we provide. Or like, there's so many memories. I don't know <laughs> what is so, the funniest. Like, I think like yeah, you're the type of guy who, who likes to be in the moment rather than making it a memory. So being, be, uh, living in the moment, living in the present. So mm-hmm. ha- has has being being a teacher like influenced your parenting? Like I know your kids as well, right? So has it influenced your teaching style? Like the, or the no. other way around? Has your kids like changed your teaching style, or your teaching style uh, has changed your parenting? Question. It's very interesting. Uh, first of all, to me, uh, being an educator and being a parent, totally two different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I was kind of thinking, I pretty much I did a good job when I was a, a you know daycare teacher or whatsoever when I had no kids back then uh-huh. by showing my understanding of what parents would look like. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's totally different. Yeah. So um, I would definitely be more um, conscious about what it feels like being a parent because I know how it feels like now. And then so that I could probably make more uh, of those experiences in my teaching. But um, yeah, um, I would say um, still, um, if I were an educator, I have to say something that I'm an educator. And then uh, it's kind of difficult to differentiate them. It is. So, um, so which means I think there's many, there are many things that I even don't realize that uh, I made some practice in my education in DBI. Oh, so, so like, uh, does it influence the way you parent though? Like, uh, um, you've been a teacher for so long. Maybe, maybe more the thinking, thinking kind of, uh, my, my maybe knowledge kind of construct maybe have. Not consciously. Have yeah, might have just changed non- unconsciously. Like, for example, I totally understand that in early child education world these days here, risk-taking means thing. So I mm-hmm. kind of, now I understand in a similar way, in the, in the totally opposite direction, that the local educators, they always think about, you know, risk and take risk, taking risks and children taking risks is important. They learn mm-hmm. from risks, like, for example, you know, climbing up the tree, don't yeah. be too overprotective, etc. Yeah. And then, you know, I understand that because they learn a lot from that. Yes. But as a parent, 
<laughs> it's completely I mean, different. I, I really, well, I really appreciate those, but, and I really also understand those things, you know, the learning should occur. But the fundamentally, I mean, the most important thing is keep them alive and bring them back <laughs> to us with, you know, all the fingers and then toes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I understand. So, um, so I think when I was an educator without my uh, parental identity, I, I thought the I, I, same way. I understood what parents wanted, but uh-huh. so, so kind of I have now the both ways of the both sides of the world. But I mean, I've been in education too long. I don't even mm-hmm. remember how I felt before the earlier stage, but yeah, maybe the degree of this has, has influenced. Has okay. So like we, we often want to set up like the kids and like children to, to be successful in life. But uh, but something has uh, never come in our radar. Like dealing with failure has never been taught or mm-hmm. never been talked about as well. So how do you yeah. cope? Cope? How do you teach like coping with failure, or how do you yourself cope with failure? Um, because I'm always, I think I, I I don't know why, but I'm always happy with what I do or how I I'm not super rich That's or amazing. I'm not really. You know, I'm not really having all the stuff I want. I want Audi, but I can't have it. <laughs> um, but I'm happy with what I do and what I where I am. And then, but uh, I've been through series of failures, sure. Like not only like serious mistakes, but personally, like my due to my own like emotional weaknesses and everything. Like I tried to complete my you know, um, the undergrad degrees at multiple universities, online and everything, but I failed several times. I didn't continue because mm-hmm. I didn't want to study. And then right after several attempts, you know, my master's degree, though, the first big completions in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe because of those failures and then because of the experiences, because the, the growth I had throughout the time, maybe the maturity mental, mentality, maybe. So it's all of that... Uh, I mean, people might say this often, but failures became, you know, just the experiences, you know, those experiences I just yeah. needed to you know, to feel good about. I mean, even when I failed, I mean, the trials, like starting something new was, you know, I felt nice about those, you know, starting anything new. So I think like your, your mentality is like not 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 what average person has. Like, really? I would say like, like you your mentality is much better than like uh, I would say like being in the moment, living, being happy with what you have currently and what you are doing currently. Because like I think being happy mm-hmm. has to be defined as being successful in the future. That, that's what I believe in. Like being happy should well, be attained to being successful. Yeah, I'm not sure things. about that. Uh, the the uh, the uh, you know relevance between being successful happiness. and happiness, but yeah. happiness is probably the most i mean i always write this in my applications as a teacher education teacher uh philosophy um you know students happiness that that's what we like that's all we need to think about so um yeah the happiness and then but you know continuously i look into my own happiness i think and that's another reason. I'm not sure if you realize I lost a little weight. Uh, yeah, you've you lost a, quite, <laughs> quite a bit of weight. Yes. Yeah, and then that's because like last year I thought uh, I kind of inquired, you know, what will be my because I was thinking, you know, I'm doing my PhD and this kind of uh, it became like you know uh, too ordinary. So when I mm-hmm. too ordinary, maybe 
you know, I, I kind of seek something that could be interesting. There's something that mm-hmm. so what I want, what I want, I thought. Oh, well, you know, I was kind of obese and, and I kind of, yeah, I, I thought about, actually, I thought about, you know, my longevity with my kids and, you know, I wanted to see my kids grow up. <laughs> so, uh, and then, oh, okay, that's something new and then maybe I should lose some weight and then I got into, it. it's not only the diet thing now or the weight, like I, so, I worked out. <laughs> so, so like, like you said, has your like kids been like the major perspective turning point like uh, do you think do you see things differently now like after being becoming a parent like uh, do you yeah yeah that's for sure that's for there's one um there's one thing that i still remember um when i was not a parent i kind of did not understand that um when i was younger especially i didn't understand why parents say to kids sorry for oh, yeah. uh, for something that they could not provide for mm-hmm. so like if the, the parent could not buy them some uh, big toy or whatever they want it and they, they say sorry. I'm sorry, I can't buy that for you. Sorry? Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you say sorry? And then, um, but when I became a parent, I thought it's kind of unconditional. I want to do, I want to do whatever, you know, yes. they, they be happy with. Of course, I understand that I do. <laughs> don't want to spoil them, but yes. under my heart, I want to do whatever they want. Everything. Yeah, definitely. Everything, yeah. So then I understood that, you know, it was so easy. People just say sorry because they feel I'm sorry that I can't. This enough for you. Because I, that's not enough according to my own book. Yes. So not about their book, but the parents' book, the kids' book. But, so um, that's why I think I thought. So that's a big change. That, that must be a bit of a, a bit emotional journey as well. Like you, you see the both sides of coin. And now, like you've been uh, as a kid, you've been like, "Oh, I want this," and they they must have been mm-hmm. a time. Like for me, there was a time where my mm-hmm. parents weren't able to mm-hmm. provide me that particular toy or particular thing mm-hmm. at that age. But now that that I've grown, I've become more mature. I see, mm-hmm. okay, so there are so many sides, so many, so much thinking that goes behind even buying a small toy. Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. and how impa- impactful that would be to mm-hmm. a kid's life. Yeah, 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 for 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 those you know, the, all these small ideas actually it was actually big ideas. I thought, and when I became parents, like that's why probably when I nowadays when I talk with my parents, my own parents, yes, I feel a bit different. Yeah, because like you know, <laughs> I would or maybe you know something that I have would more remember. gratitude. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Think. That's for sure. That's for sure. That's kind of normal things people understand when they become parents. I think yeah. not normal or many people at least I would say. But um, yeah, that's like something I'm feeling, and then kind of this unconditional love that we always say. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And if my son needs my heart, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. for sure, I will go for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is uh, okay. So uh, let's get uh, back to education now. So right. like, how how about um, how do you feel like if, if you can go back in time and talk mm-hmm. to your 18 year old self mm-hmm. like I, I don't think like you change much about your life mm-hmm. but 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 what would you say what would you advise that them accept like putting money in amazon or something uh, what, what would you advise your 18 year old self um because i'm not regretting anything and if yes. i i even don't want to change any path because i had some difficult times for sure but if i you know, if I did not, uh, I mean, if I made a different choices back then somewhere at some point, mm-hmm. I don't have 
what I have right now, or I didn't have what I had a year ago, two years like that. So I don't want to change anything because I, I don't know, I don't want to miss, but I have experienced those. You wouldn't want to miss out on your kids, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but because of that, probably I would say is um, one of the thing is maybe do do better, do do more mm-hmm. of the best. Uh, just spend more time and energy mm-hmm. on what they want and what he and myself wanted at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say I could don't do this, do that, or do this one instead. I'm not gonna say, but just you know, I have my at each point. Like then mm-hmm. do it more seriously, and, and yes. by understanding, I mean with understanding of you know, it won't be easy. And I don't, I, I mm-hmm. think yeah, even like I can do way much better. But if I just tell them and tell him again, again, again. Maybe slightly better life, but philosophically speaking, if I do a little bit better, probably I might have different life now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, because you know, if I have a different choice somewhere, maybe I might have not my wife and I have not a kid. So, mm-hmm. um, or my jobs here, or you, or anyone. So um, yes, and of course, you know, if I didn't know people that I know now, if I didn't yes. know them, I mean, if I hadn't know them, then. Yeah, for sure. New life, new new people. Totally fine, I think. But I, as I already had experiences with yeah connections and the people and experiences. Even like people who I have I have met only once and never met, but still, I don't want to lose that memory. So then, yeah, maybe I maybe if I had even the chance to say something to my myself in past, maybe I would just. I will just pass. I'm not gonna uh, anything. I'm not gonna see myself in the, in the do past. whatever you wanna do and do. Yeah, I will do just yeah, I will just see, look at him behind the tree and say, okay, just do it and just don't do stupid things and then just you know live live long, <laughs> live long. Yeah, but I'm not gonna ask him probably because you know so, stupidity, yeah. whatever I did, yeah, that's 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 the spark. Yeah, life, that's 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 part, part of, of life, and that makes me. Oh yeah. yeah. So I think like that's that's the best like. For me, my myself personally, I, when I grow to be like seventy or eighty years old, I don't want to have that regret in my eyes. Like, oh, I could have tried that, or I could have tried this. That's why I'm, I'm even I'm, I'm trying different things. So, like, what is like, like the most important lesson that teaching has taught you? Like teaching, like that you've learned by teaching others. Um, most important thing, huh? You know, I think. To me, I, of course, I'm a normal human being, so I yeah. get irritated, I get angry, I get you know uh, negatively. I'm feeling negatively sometimes on people's like different ideas and then some kind of attitudes that they might have. Mm-hmm. But you know, of course, as a teacher, I can't show that too much, right? Definitely. But the thing is, I mean, because of that, or maybe not, because I'm not sure, but uh, certainly to a certain extent, well, yes. But to be honest, um, they're voices they have different voices and an acceptance sometimes i can't then still at least i should embrace the differences embrace the you know those different voices and if you if i can't mm-hmm. um that's the same spirit as having a war or you know, fights or conflicts uh in a violent way so um mm-hmm. probably what i learned from my teaching experience as a learning experience is that um embracing the differences how to embrace the differences, I think. And then that is kind of, um, I think, helping me with cope, uh, coping with you know, all the difficult situations as much as possible. I'm not saying I'm coping mm-hmm. well with everything, but um, that kind of, you know, being respect, respectful on others. Mm-hmm. So like you, you've talked about being being accountable to yourself, like 
doing like believing in yourself like an individual needs to believe in himself no matter what he is doing or she is doing they mm-hmm. need to just go and forge a path for the, themselves so how how is like people around you mm-hmm. help you grow grow to a place where you are right now and how, how is networking like it's not being taught it's not taught at universities mm-hmm. how to network and but but it is one of the most important part now that i've passed university i've graduated mm-hmm. from university i do realize mm-hmm. the importance mm-hmm. of networking so mm-hmm. so what role does that play in your life well to me my life now is based on the people around me that's totally i mean i would totally. say 99% one person probably my own kind of decision but my decision is all made by my experiences of people around because some people talk to me and i kind of ask for some help and then all those things right um so um but i i, I including that um uh, i just go with flows as as my life flows so um that's because you know if i try to do something i i know some people would do their best and then they try to make their own life and then make some money and then you know do whatever they want to accomplish mm-hmm. i'm a bit different <laughs> i i i i believe i i believe in the idea that you know if there's something in front of me you know i'm the i'm the one and maybe i can make value out of it yes so creating a value of what is given is kind of my way of finding my own happiness i would say if i metaphorically kind of analyze myself so if i can find a huge happiness on a glass of water like i have yes then i must be super happy oh i yeah. it's kind of too too metaphorical but the thing is if i can have fun and find some ways to tweak my opportunities or outcomes whatever so that i can feel so happy about what i'm doing mm-hmm. you know what a wonderful life so definitely so and i um, think you do live your life uh, that way as well like you do want to be happy in the moment and do what what the moment leads you to Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good way to say. Actually, I what I feel is like I don't have any patience. So, yeah. <laughs> so I I say okay, it doesn't matter. I, I have to try and if I fail, it's not a failure. I mean, what it is. Um so but, yeah, it's yeah. one less thing you need to worry about now. But yeah, like to me, if you do something and you fail, it's it's mm-hmm. to me it's, okay, I am not going to do this now because it's mm-hmm. not something that But it's like a social welfare. I mean, as long as you are not hurting anyone else, including yeah, and you, you are entitled to do whatever you want. That's your life, True. right? So, Correct. yeah. So I, I, I do like that. I try. Sometimes I can't because you know. Mm-hmm. But yes, well, it, actually, this principle stands. Okay, I'm looking for some jobs. Maybe I should, I should be thinking to get uh, anything anywhere in Canada. But if I move, we have to move. My family have to move. My kids have to choose schools. Yeah, I mean, no, I can't do. But this is something that you know. hurting others is not what i want mm-hmm. the same thing for my kids so if i feel this is the happy moment living here with my kids for my kids then yeah i might choose different job or whatever in front of me so yeah your like your family does influence like after a point in in life they they do become a prominent prominent part of your life of course yeah yeah for and sure and they do do drive your decision to do mm-hmm. something or the other Yeah, like small things, like all the small things. Not small things, but all the people's life. Maybe I have my friend. She's in huge trouble uh, legally, and then uh, she lives in you know Metro Vancouver. And then uh, she's a big friend as well as a huge mentor, supporter of my life. She helped me a lot throughout my you know mm-hmm. I wasted several years of my life you know as a you know local 
person here. Yes. So I even like, you know, that it wouldn't make any difference if, if I leave here, but still, I just want to you know, chat with her once in a while, you know, to mm-hmm. just check upon if she's doing okay or not. It's different from like doing this video chat or like, so if I'm physically yeah. here, you know, it's yes. easy to bring her and then, you know, we do some kind of potluck parties usually with a few friends. Nowadays, yes. we can't with this COVID. COVID, yes. Especially last two weeks. But the thing is, I mean, all those small things are big things to me. I mean, she's not my family, but still, I care about that. And then all those things. And also my, my wife, she has made uh, Japanese commun- I mean, friends, Japanese friends here locally. If you move, maybe he, I mean, she will lose some friends and it's so hard for her to get some others. So all the, like, all the things. All these things. Yeah. All but, these small things does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe... Yeah, but at the, at the end, uh, a dialogue. I mean, my this is this is thing the dialogical pedagogy I'm kind of into. So same mm-hmm. thing that applies to my life. I always just talk and talk and decide because multiple mm-hmm. voices within myself and with others. It's all about talking about them and the communication. Yeah, and finding out collaboratively. So um, yeah, I don't just think about things by myself. I might do and I would do it for the initial stage, but usually I just talk and. Mm-hmm. Because so I'm, like, per- I'm a weak person. I can't decide things by myself. But, but I think like your personality is, makes up for your, like you say, your weak it's person. I think it's working well. Because I'm, I'm honestly, well. honest, honestly, I think I'm, I can't decide things by myself well. But at the same time, I mean, it is a nice kind of thing that um, I yeah, talk yeah, with people. And yeah. You you are indecisive, but 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 in a way you are very strong when you when you have decided something, right? Like if you if you if you've gone, like if if you have been the earlier educator or uh, the child care. So once you have decided, you go strong. Like you could have mm-hmm. chosen to go to culinary school even after getting a job offer, mm-hmm. but but once you have decided, you do mm-hmm. want to see it through, right? Yeah, but I'm not really <laughs> sure if I could have finished. <laughs> Yeah, but bottom line, oh, this is something that I maybe can share with you what I based on, maybe very core uh, idea that I have. I mean, it's knowledge that I got since, you know, I, I grew up and so that. But there are, I mean, I, I don't want to really depend on this, but think about this. I mean, like this, um, there are two things. One, a very institutional, maybe social cultural thing or social political things, or I mean, institutional things. Um, you know, as long as you have work, mm-hmm. any work, you can live. Yes. Right? And then uh, you're not going to die. And then uh, even you have hardship, the, comp- uh, the, the social welfare will help you to live, at least, I mean, to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then now you have family, and I have family, so my wife can help me. So mm-hmm. there's no problem living, breathing, living. eating. I mean, of course, the level, the quality of the life might be changing, but still, no, society in this advanced institution, we, we, we're not going to die. If we are in Canada, or, mm-hmm. and the people will die anyway with their mm-hmm. liberty. So uh, if yes. I think about that, um, yeah, I mean, I start from no. I mean, everyone started from ground zero mm-hmm. and nothing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if I go back to any point in there, yeah, I'm just I should restart and go as far as I can, as long as I can support my children. Again, we have a Canada child benefits and everything. So yeah, well, I mean, we can just you know do mm-hmm. uh, depend on them. I mean, if I really need it. Right. I I don't want to depend on those too much, but uh, if I need, I I have to depend on because another thing is 
when I have some problems, I always think I like this. Uh, I imagine, not always actually, this is, I'm, I'm somewhat exaggerating. When I was younger, <laughs> I had this and I still remember, and I haven't done this actually for so many years, but when I was early 20s, I did this. I got heard this story from some friend um, that if you are worrying about anything, just imagine like this, um, like um, I'm standing on the ground, in the park or whatever I am in. And start imagining I'm floating up, up, up. So mm -hmm. like 20, 30 feet, and then you know, I don't know how to say, 10 kilometers, whatever. So now you see yourself uh, from the height of maybe 10-story building or maybe. So you now you see as a small like, dot one that's maybe you can see on the ground and then you go up 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 and then uh maybe okay if you're in vancouver you see the size of all the geographic of vancouver and the metro vancouver so now you can't even see yourself right mm -hmm. and then if you have your worry it, it, it can can be really bad or really big but there are thousands or billions or whatever the i don't know how many people in the vancouver or anything but uh, <laughs> the thing is um it's tiny and you can't even see yourself with the problem. So um, there may be, there's so many people around that you can share that idea hardship, but people are living stronger. So we can't, mm -hmm. we can't simply die. I mean, in Japan, there's kind of huge problems when you're overworking people. You know, yes. stress, but um, it's not that easy, I hope, mm -hmm. for many people. And uh, so if I think like that, my problem is not that big, that uh, I'm so given, like I have clothes wear food to eat drink and a place to sleep so those people who don't have those in other parts of the world and my problem is too small yeah looking at perspective like different perspective changing that mindset it, it's it's all about that like if you're not the 7.7 billion person worst person uh, to be living you you cannot complain basically that that's to me <laughs> yeah well you know if you keep comparing then yeah yeah, but, yeah, but technically, I'm comparing with others. So, uh, but it's, I would say it's not comparing. I would say kind of uh, learning from others. So, <laughs> learning from other experience and people, uh, the experience of others. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's another yes. reason why I want to try to do to some to make some a little changes. Maybe through teacher education. I'm not <laughs> really an um, um, honest guy or good guy like Keanu Lee or something. I can't, <laughs> I can't give much money to the public or the people. Yeah. Or, you know, I can't do much of the work. I, I, I kind of favor my own family to support yes. with more luxury if I can't provide for. Um so I can't be like the kind of public at all. But um that's another thing I also believe in. I mean this is complicated world. Yeah. So I have my role to educate to and support you know, students, K-12 students, mm -hmm. like through teacher education. Some maybe people support elderly population. Some people may help um, Nicole's whatsoever. So people have their own jobs, their roles. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest one now I have is a, a parent. Is a parent. It's a full-time job in its own. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how is your, like, different cultures, like, you, you've, you've been, you're from Japan, mm -hmm. and you've been to UK, and now, and now you're in Canada and mm -hmm. so many places in between. So how, how does that influence your way to teach it and your education? Um, yeah, it's like very technical thing. We can like kind of share endlessly. It's a cultural compare, I mean, com com comparisons, et cetera. And the people argue that, you know, kind of this collectivism in Japan and the individualism in North America, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Very easy to say. 
But um, at the end, the people are different, right? I mean, so because of this, these almost stereotyping kind of practices, I would say, to mm -hmm. see which culture has what. Uh, because of that, I kind of um, came to this kind of current conclusion, current, not, not forever, I would say, because I might change my thinking, uh, is that um, there's no answer to any single uh, aspect because people have the different trajectory of life and the people um, uh, each one each individual has different lived experiences yes. i can't categorize or give some uh, implication on uh, on on the individuals based on their gender or say, mm -hmm. cultural background of course having those information mm -hmm. could be um, a good asset for you to make decisions micro decisions how to deal with people with respect and dignity but yes. like for example like you know you need to know some cultural thing that i shouldn't do to do on certain people from certain culture yes. that would help for sure but um but you can't really tell like oh the japanese work hard like look at me i'm not working hard every day <laughs> and 24 7 i can't do that and uh, so that's the thing so um but uh, maybe i would take uh, you know like for example like in japan coming to work reporting work 10 minutes before the start time mm -hmm. is for sure working until, until the last supervisor leaves, maybe. leaves even yeah. after work, uh, working hours, maybe. Yeah, yeah so the, the, it's a big problem in Japan, right? The working yeah. culture has just, been talked Yeah, so I would imagine if Japanese people like that, and then I see some Japanese people, I could assume she, he might be like, I mean, they might be like that, but um, I don't really be, be decisive about who they are with the culture. So if they mm -hmm. are too strict about it, I would say, oh, maybe that's because of the culture can't help it. Yes. But if they're not, or if they're, I mean, are not doing like that, oh, good, I guess that, that's usual. Like I decide my own work time and if I can, and then I don't work more than what is needed. So. Uh -huh. Okay. So like, have you like dealt with like such stereotypes during your career, like here in Canada, like, like have people been assumptuous about you? About me? Work? Yes. Um, like have you felt like we do feel things uh, like sometimes? my i don't know but my wife keeps telling me i'm not japanese i'm almost italian so she's also <laughs> i think because i had my japanese italian colleague back in japan and we often went to coffee the tea, mm -hmm. coffee breaks during the work time mm -hmm. normal japanese people so, okay. <laughs> um but um yeah i mean here in canada i mean it's i mean especially in the metro vancouver it's very multicultural multilingual so yes. probably, stereotypically speaking, it's easier for uh, the visible minority to learn. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's always, it's not about, you know, white and the others. It's not about certain ethnicity yeah. to certain ethnicity. People often talk about it. Even scholars talk like that, but I don't think so. I would think it's more about personal beliefs versus personal beliefs. And some mm -hmm. people are stronger than the others in terms of what they learn. And then they actually, and also, you know self-control regulation all those matters. so um so not only i don't think it's only here because in japan too it's a very strong experiences i had uh, mm -hmm. uh, tours so um uh, it's kind of boring answer but uh, there's pretty much no difference between japan and the canada anywhere there are certain it is available like uh, discrimination is uh, everywhere yeah. where you go you, you cannot you can just deal with it yeah, that, that's the sad, story, sad yeah. truth about so it. So one but... thing, when I was young, there's one story. I was working on the school board and then uh, the school board, but I was, you know, very young. And there was one day, <laughs> an English teacher, the English language uh, assistant teacher was absent. So mm -hmm. my supervisor wanted me 
to fill in the position for the day, like teaching kids, right? Yeah. But they needed a foreign teacher. And then, but I speak with relatively less accents, the Japanese accent. Yes. So he just mentioned to me, okay, you can introduce yourself like Koichi Brad Asayama. So <laughs> like have his middle name. And then like, why? Because, you know, that sounds boring to them. Okay. So okay. that was well, like 20 some years ago I did. No, 20, 15, 20. I don't know, but so many years. So that's something, the stereotypes, that the language, the ability. It's all about being a native speaker. Okay. Back there. Oh yeah, and still I think there. Uh, so um, which I hated. So, uh, so it still is happening. If you go to some school boarding, some might say, "Oh, I need a foreign to blonde and the white and the blue eyes." Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, if I said that here, any any organization here in Canada probably I'll be fired, or I'll be yes. The one person from other country in Canada that she talked about uh, transsexual people. Mm-hmm. This is disgusting that the words she mentioned. Oh. She's a scholar. Right? She's a scholar from that country. That was surprising. And then, yes. um, but I also understood the nature of why this such thing is happening amongst those scholar level people in the field of education because this culture, cultural trajectory, is too strong, so strong that yes. people even don't know. What they're what thinking. So part of my study is about the researcher or the uh, individual reflexivity. Like I inquire myself what I'm thinking, how I'm thinking. Yeah. So that's kind of given. Um, I I have these tools that I learned to be more sensitive about cultural and cultural uh, differences and, and uh, human dignity. But uh, some people even don't know what they're talking about and how that might influence yeah. the people's life. So um, that was still shocking. But I understand. I didn't accept or i didn't embrace it even we talked about that's not a good practice to say uh, we all said in that time but um mm-hmm. yeah that was there was yeah. a, a sh- shocking revelation that a scholar yeah. a scholar but is saying the, something but i also had this japanese you know, cultural experience back in japan that people you know have as too natural so for example like you know do you know uh uh the the tennis player the professional like a female player naomi uh, no, I, I don't okay, actually. She, I think she's um she's Japanese. Uh, she I think her mom or dad uh, was born in Japan, and so biologically, and the mom or dad is the other uh, mm-hmm. mom or dad uh, is I think from Nigeria or somewhere. I don't remember actually, but uh, African American. So uh, mm-hmm. she looks um brown, mm-hmm. and then but uh, she well she's popular. So uh the, the cup noodle company had her as a character uh, in the animation, I mean, cartoon character uh-huh. in the cartoon uh-huh. control. And then her skin looked so white. White. So we call that a technically, we say just, you know, it's a white wax. And then uh, <laughs> Japanese media didn't say anything, but they start saying That's... because BBC, uh, the other uh, the media from other countries actually said about it. You know, That's yes. wrong practice. And then they picked up. So that is... That is what it is the Asian country, not Asian. That is what happened in a certain case in Japan. It's just a, a one case. I, I'm not going to say this is a representation of whole culture, but this can happen. Well, this happened. Negligence does does this take place even in India? I do feel I do feel like Asian countries in particular do succumb to something like this and negligence in particular, where they do not look at certain thing unless there's international pressure or something that's being talked about around the globe about their country and they don't address it as such i do feel that as well 
I think this is, you know, it's very advanced this, these days in this global world. So it's really like even myself, I'm not a scholar in the gender equity or ethnic equity or anything. So I feel like to be completely honest with you, when I'm talking about this, such like racial issues and thing, I get scared. I, I, I feel like, you know, I have to be really sensitive about try my best to my knowledge that I don't want to be offending anyone, anyone. or feeling and make feel and make them feel bad about anything about our personal identities and yes. I even don't know the uh, you know the best practice of that probably so um, to be honest with you when I talk about this racial issues with examples I, I didn't know how far I could talk right um, so mm -hmm. but at least I think admitting such is the first step some people yes. might see might say that we don't know but uh, we are still in a good condition of this because we are intelligent we know things so it's okay to talk without certain things maybe we can just you know simply avoid something to talk no we need to yes. talk about it once you know yeah. we, you know experience some hardship but without recognizing that we are not 100 capable it's not going to work so i think yes. recognizing we are not capable percent is the first step i think at least mm -hmm. so i try to show my weaknesses and some people don't like it uh, I, I, is, I, yeah. I think like it is very uh, commendable that uh, you're, you're able to share your weaknesses very, very openly. I think being vulnerable, it gives even students uh, a hope. Okay, so this guy is not perfect and I can approach this guy because this guy does have weakness. So it, it gives that sense of uh, calmness and like comfort that, yeah, he's just like us. Yeah, well, so, we are. We, I mean, doesn't so that's another thing. I hate that idea of this authoritative knowledge. I think usually students think the teacher's knowledge is valid, and that's what they want mm -hmm. to take or they should take. Fallacy. It's a balance. I, I would say yes, for I mean, to a certain extent, for sure. But um, inquiry-based learning, we always say. I mean, what we always say is not always right because things change, mm -hmm. right? So how we used to stop our nose bleeding was like this, you yes. know, looking at top, but now it's not right. I mean, the scholarly findings around that. Anyway, the truth or the reality change over the time. So even the scholars take everything for granted. Um, that is why I think the dialogues and students will have some answers always. Then even if those may not be the right answer for me at that moment, mm -hmm. I definitely have fun with it in terms of, I mean, fun is uh, inquire into it together because, you know, if, I mean, students are very serious about giving their own answer. Yes. That means there should be some, you know, plausible logics behind the answer, yes. right? So if even the answer is different from what I I mean, expected to my question, mm -hmm. the answer the student gave is valid in terms of certain logic she they had. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I keep saying he, she, they because people have different yes, differences. So uh, I'm not even using only they. Um, so the idea is that um, that logic that student has and that, that answer the student has. So that means probably there should be the answer, uh, there should be some new question. That mm -hmm. can be the question for that answer, Stephen McGee. This is based on the unknown question theory or the approach that my mentor back in Japan has, uh, Miyazaki. Miyazaki is a very noble university. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, uh, so that's how I actually, you know, engage with critical thinking. If we value 
some answers that are not what I thought is the correct answer. I mean, if I encounter those, that's the exciting moment. So we, we cannot grow, basically. Uh, if, if we only accepted the answers that we wanted to hear, we wouldn't have a different opinion, different perspective. Right, right. We'd be voiding a different world for the student, particularly. Yeah, yeah if, if and also there's no dialogue we have furthermore. Mm-hmm. So it's just transmission of knowledge from A to B. That's it. So I don't like that idea because that's like how, how you know, life can be less collaborative or... It's respectable to each other. So um, yeah. So the answer is whatever they give. I mean, even that's something that you don't agree with at the first. You know, it's worth giving a shot. And mm-hmm. at the end, you might not agree at all. At the end, it depends. Yes. But still, I mean, if you don't inquire into it and just give it up because the first impression, then you lose a lot of potential. You lose a lot of chance to have some critical ideas that might influence your life forever. How do you like uh, go about like engaging with students um, that that have that sort of different opinion? I, I do remember taking one English course at uh, mm-hmm. SFU as well. Mm-hmm. So I was taken aback by what a student had to say about why gods exist. Mm-hmm. So so uh, it was an English course, and uh, he mm-hmm. just came with with an answer with like how it 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 translates to hope and we need someone mm-hmm. to blame to and and so mm-hmm. many different things that um mm-hmm. like so many religious or non-religious people mm-hmm. would or not agree but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i was taken aback by by his answer i mm-hmm. still remember after three uh-huh. years uh-huh. So, well, so how do you deal with something <laughs> something that's uh that student has very different I, on? I simply give up and then this is not in uh Okay, I want to elaborate this. Please don't cut yes. and paste this portion. <laughs> uh, what I mean by you know, giving up is that, first of all, if it's a teacher-student relationship, there is uncertain scope, limited scope of time and place. Yes. So, for example, a university lecturer, usually I have one term to go through. Yes. It's not about religion. I mean, religion is a huge thing anyway, I mean, as a course content, maybe as yes. well. But, anyway, but anything, you know, teacher education, the teaching philosophy, et cetera, people have different thoughts and ideas, right? Um, so after the term and that, mm-hmm. you know, during the term, I do my best to communicate. And I'm not really teaching what I think is right. It's more about neutral understanding of what each of us has. If you yeah. can be influenced by others, that's fine. But you know, obviously, if even if I have some really different and then, uh, ideas from some students, maybe that could be really negative or negatively mm-hmm. um, evaluated by others. But I'm not going to really pursue to change that mind after the term by, for example, personally, unless I feel there could be some kind of... Uh, 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 physical or very uh, huge harm on others mm-hmm. because that's like you know their choice right and I give my uh, best shot on them so I don't so bottom line the easiest way to say is I don't want to annoy people too much mm-hmm. and I do my best in the scope of what I'm given and then so other than that um, I don't really pursue uh, outside of the scope of the given time but um, if I need if I like need myself to kind of be connected with them because I worry about some people. Yeah. Especially emotionally, some students have yes. some emotional you know, encounters mm-hmm. during the program. So I mm-hmm. try to first refer them to some other services, right? So yes. that they keep going and I make sure they're in touch with them. And then like mm-hmm. sorry, you're from SFI IoT as well. But anyway, yes. 
the the office people are really great. So yeah. as long as they have some interest, that's 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 what I usually do. I have like three hundred students, not three hundred a year for sure. But yeah. um, the thing is like that. Um, so normally I give up. I mean, to be honest, you know, I'm a dad of two kids, and I did three multiple universities, so I can't really mm-hmm. go too much. But um, yeah, um, what I'm trying to say is I don't want to force people to change. Changes. That's the hardest thing. I can't force it. Forcing to change is actually not changing anything at all at the end. That's I think. Yes. If they don't change from their own, on their own, I don't think it's a true change forever, lasting forever. So yeah, um, I, I think. yeah. So sometimes I have to think that um, okay, this is what I could have done, and I did enough. I mean, not, not enough, but I did what I could, and then mm-hmm. yeah, because you know, can't do more than that. It's kind of sad thing. So sometimes if you know, there's there are there could be people that I mm-hmm. couldn't do enough considering yes. what I think should be done. Yeah, I think like uh, that's a really great point. Uh, I, I I myself was trying to uh, start a podcast and uh, mm-hmm. try out different things, but I never made a decision to actually take uh, take any action so mm-hmm. it's it's me who who l- later on had i had a change in mindset change in perspective and i talked to uh, as many people as i talked to many people I, I see that people are more ready to help so i just need to take that first step and then things will fall and things will follow under yeah, yeah. yes you know you get the different views when you move to the different point and then different views give you the different directions so um keep moving i guess that's what i <laughs> normally think. and sometimes you get bored then you just you know actively just try to move something move to something else. And this, because you move you might find where you were in like you know 10 moments ago might be a really good fit or something you wouldn't mm-hmm. know until you move around okay so so coming to towards the end we've learned we've talked about parenting we've talked about um, education student emotion, emotions and how, how how to deal with failure mm-hmm. so uh, what is one thing that that you wish that students did more of hmm. for students i mean I'd always like i want them to be happy yes. happiness is really hard to find as well i think yes but um again i don't force people to have the happiness that i have in the same way they should mm-hmm. have their own happiness. So, so, you know, looking for uh, the ways to be rich in the money wise and or looking for the way to understand certain things that in the depth uh, to the extent mm-hmm. they want, whatever they want uh, to be a, some professional through, you know, some study, whatever they want to make them happy. That's what they, what I want them to have. And as long as it's not hurting others, that, that's good. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so as long as they're not hurting others, they should be entitled to pursue their own happiness, including defining or finding. Um, thank you, Koichi. You, you've been a great, great, no, no, I would say like a bucket of knowledge. I've, I've, yeah, I've no, really. I'm, so. I'm just junior scholar oh. at university and I'm just still, <laughs> still baby. You're not very good. <laughs> well, you know, thank you so much for your time and education. I really love to thank you so much for like you're so busy you're working three different no, but this, this conversation is really nice i mean this podcast i mean the, the thing is you know through this conversation i also revisited some ideas that i have never done for a while yes like when we when you talk about you know 
when I'm meeting some difficult students or students with different minds. Mm-hmm. The question was actually great. I mean, I had no definite answers. I mean, just I shared my ideas, honestly, what I would do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I do my best while I'm seeing them, but um, I'm not really sure. I mean, if I think more and with more energy, I might think, oh, maybe I should keep, you know, having some kind of, I'm keeping some distance for sure not to annoy people. But maybe I might keep contacting once in a while to see, and maybe I might find a way to do it more naturally so mm-hmm. that I can ensure he, she, they will be a um, great educator or social actor to you know, support children's growth. But at the same time, different voices is always not a bad thing, right? I mean, it's, it's all about their ways to do their best do their best to raise the, the children society so um normally i don't see a huge danger so mm-hmm. um usually i see only the danger uh man I mean, amongst students is more the, the mental health issues yeah, yeah yes other, other than that like i don't see like a teacher candidates any teacher candidates being like okay you mm-hmm. need to create some kind of very dangerous students i don't see those so you should be okay but yeah, yeah. but still it's it's nice to be ready so uh, <laughs> yeah your your yeah your question gave me a, a little bit of very great insightful things to think about uh, thank, thank you so much Le. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, for your time and uh, the energy you, you you provide a lot of insights from your life and uh, thank you for your honesty first of all Oh, thank you. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't be lying too much because that's, that's, I guess, who I am. I mean, you got to accept it. Yes, uh, but I'm like um, very thankful that you were like very honest. We, you were very vulnerable. Like you, you, you didn't shy away if you if you weren't good. Uh, if, if you were confused, you, you were very open to show that as well. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I guess I guess you know that's kind of my self defense as well. I think to be more honest or to be more open, what to just think about. Yeah. You know, if I show all of myself and then you know, I have nothing to hide, then you know people have no idea and nowhere to actually attack or tell me that or yes. you're misleading or you're lying. I'm honest Correct. me, and if I'm wrong teach me and then correct me or give me more support if you are a good person and at, at the end if i show these and they, if they don't see any values in me or then i'm not really sure if i should spend time with those kind of people mm-hmm. so you know you have limited time and resources right so you know. so uh, I'll, I'll ask you one more question here then. so how how so how to be that humble like how can we Learn I'm not to be humble more... at all. Isn't like, like I, I would say, like, I'm so self arrogant, so so <laughs> self arrogant. That's I own. People say you are saying not thinking like that. We no, no, no. I I know it. I know it from know my it. you know what I hear yes. from my wife, and I'm so arrogant. I I, I I'm self proud of what I do. Uh, but also self self also self self worry about what I'm doing, how I am, who I am. So it's yeah. a, the delicate balance of myself that um. You know, I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm, you know, not many people finish PhD, I guess, but humbly acknowledge that uh, my supervisors <laughs> helped me a lot. So I have to thank, I not have to, I want to thank them. And then so it's just a balance of this delicate the set of you know perspectives I have. I'm, I'm being helped and I'm trying to help others. And that would actually yeah, give myself a value of human being. Yeah, so it's, like, a, it's like, about self-satisfaction too. 
think about it. I mean, yes. why do you give up your seat in the bus? To, yes, to, it's, to, it's to, about to, satisfaction. Yeah, it's about self-satisfaction at the end because yes. I want to self-satisfy my own will to do good on someone else. Yes. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, the good thing is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's being arrogant or being... The, the truth is one person will gain some time with having... So yes. it's philosophically true, I think. So... Sometimes I feel guilty about not cleaning the street and just <laughs> pass by some mess. Because think about it. I mean, yeah. someone threw the garbage on the street, right? And yes. you didn't you you didn't miss it. So people yes. think it's not your fault that the people feel bad about it, that people mm-hmm. come back and from behind you feel bad. But you have the chance to clean it up right? yes. if I pass by. So I don't know. I mean that's the same result I'm giving to the person behind me that I did not pick the can, I, which I could. If yes. you couldn't do it, no one blames it. But I could just simply pick it up. I mean, with this COVID, probably not. But yeah. there's a way, <laughs> at least. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, if I think about the, the consequence that I'm giving, the choice, you know, people will have some, you know, have their um, effect from my own choice, even in making some actions or not. So I'm um, coming back to the about self-satisfaction. It doesn't really matter, I guess. If I'm doing this for fun for myself, then if someone gets advantage of it, fine. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's good to help because, uh, because like it's it's your way of giving back to the community. Yeah, and like, then you know, and then my self arrogance is justified. <laughs> I mean, partially, okay. at least. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to have that arrogance uh, to know that your what you're doing does mean something and does make change in society. And yeah, it's good to have that or arrogance, but also with humility to learn when when you need to. Yeah, well, that's important, I think. But yeah, I I, I understand and I try to be uh, to have humility, but at the same time, yeah, I need to I I need to learn. There's so many good people and capable people around me. So if I <laughs> if I don't uh, you know keep information to learn, I don't think I can live with it. So yeah. Okay. So thank you, Hoichi.